five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, <laughs> 
Coming home 
a.m. in the a.m. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, where I know a lot of people are spending time during the month of July. Uh, 91.9 FM in the Rockland County area, and of course around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Eighth day with Cheery Bim off of A Time for Music 27. We are looking forward to our visit to Camp Hask later today. Uh, that's a program that's going to air tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 a.m. Looking forward to uh, our visit to Hask. A gorgeous day. It's uh, I'm sure they'll be tweeting and Facebooking, so make sure you have all the Hask Twitter handles and Facebook contacts. Uh, so you could participate in the show even before it gets on the air tomorrow morning. <laughs> Ellie Schwabel had Shabbos Take Me Home off of Heart's Mind. Simcha Liner with Karachim. You heard Hashem Tamid, Ari Goldwag, Arye Kunstler coming home off of the Yes Legacy double CD. Liyushalayim done by Isaac Honig and Regesh Modani opening things up as we say good morning. It's Wednesday on this July 9th, the 11th of Tammuz. 72 degrees outside with 83% humidity. Winds are west, 5 miles per hour. Partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 86. And tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 70. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high temperature, 86 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 90. Tel Aviv at 86. Haifa at 88. A lot at 100. Our friends at uh, Camp Misora up in Guilford, New York, they've got 62 degrees, heading up to 74. And um, we're at 72 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. So Stay Road, according to the Red Alert app that we have, Stay Road had a Red Alert at 118, which was just 20 minutes ago. Um, there have been uh, multiple red alerts in the central part of the country. This morning in Israel, Ashdod had one. Uh, the point is, of course, that our brethren in the state of Israel are under fire. And... Um, We'll check in with some of the folks there. Yishai Fleischer is expected to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. We haven't heard from him in a while. be great to uh, speak with him and get a perspective on what's happening. We'll also check in with um, Rabbi Noam Weinberg. Many of you know that he's leading the uh, Camp Misora Nala trip in Israel. And they've had uh, quite a first couple of days. Uh, but Kola Kavod, I, I, based on my research... As opposed to many, many years in the past, and I, I think it may be a generational thing, frankly, but we could analyze it, you know, forever. Um, compared to many years in the past, uh, the majority, by the vast, vast, vast majority, I would say in the high 90% of uh, parents and campers and summer programs in Israel have in fact, uh, have in fact gone and have not let the latest news deter them. Um, deter them or change their plans. Kolakavod. Kolakavod. And we'll check in with one of those programs coming up right here at JM in the AM, probably toward the uh, top of this hour. 
Wednesday morning, our thoughts, of course, are in Israel. Kolakavod to those who have gone ahead and arranged for uh, for prayer get-togethers, for Tehillim gatherings. Uh, already, I've noticed that um, different uh, organizations and synagogues have already done that, and uh, we know how important that aspect is. Whatever it is that uh, you can do to play a role in all this. Certainly, if you're able to maintain your schedule in terms of travel to Israel, that would be a tremendous help. And like I say, it sounds like most people are doing that. And um, I hope I'm right about that. And uh, let us keep our brethren in mind as we continue to uh, to hear about these red alerts, rocket rockets being fired. Israel under fire in general. Uh, Defense Minister Moshe Yalon said that Israel's military campaign against Hamas in Gaza will expand in the next few days while vowing that it will exact a huge price. We are continuing to carry out attacks that are exacting a heavy price from Hamas. Yalon said this as Operation Protective Edge entered its second day. We are destroying Hamas's arms, terrorist infrastructure, command and control systems, institutions, government buildings, terrorists' homes, and we are killing terrorists in the organizational high command. The IDF confirmed Wednesday that an IAF airstrike targeted Hamas terror operative Abdullah Defalia while he was riding on a motorcycle in the northern Gaza Strip. Palestinian sources had earlier reported that Israeli aircraft struck a motorcycle killing one person and seriously injuring another. The IDF stated that the Falia had been responsible for firing rockets into Israel. According to Palestinian media, three other people were killed in IAF strikes Wednesday, bringing the death toll since Operation Protective Edge began to 27, with more than 100 injured. This activity will continue and escalate, the defense minister said. From our standpoint, this is a campaign that will not end anytime soon, and we must continue to maintain stamina and patience. We will continue to hit Hamas and other terrorist organizations hard from the air, sea, and on the ground in order to ensure the security of the citizens of Israel. That says it all. 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. It's Wednesday, JM and the AM. A reminder, later today we'll be at Camp Hask. That's where we're going to be presenting our Thursday morning JM and the AM from. We're going to pre-record that program later today during our visit to Parksville, New York. If you want to get us a special message, just email us at any of our active email addresses. Email us with the subject line Camp Hask. And if you have something special to say on the air for a camper or a counselor, hey, we'll try our best to do that. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with Am Kadosh and a selection entitled Matovu here on a Wednesday morning. You heard Benny Friedman with that medley off of the B'nai Hechala CD. Yigdal done by Lipa. Michal Przansky brand new with Orech Yamim from Prus Volume 4, which he calls Prus Control. Wednesday morning broadcast on this July 9th, the 11th of Tammuz News from Israel. And then Noam Weinberg from the uh, Nala program of Camp Misora that's in Israel right now is scheduled to join us. Yishai Fleischer coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Our thoughts and prayers with everybody in Israel as uh, Operation Protective Edge continues. And everyone is uh, on edge in Israel, but uh, we are um, hopefully doing our part here uh, with a prayer and Tehillim and encouragement and... Uh, making sure to keep Israel foremost in our minds. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Noam Weinberg from Israel right after our news from Israel. Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JM and the AM. מתח רקטות נורא לפני זמן קצר לאזור קריית גת, לחיש וחופש קלון. אי נפגעים. כתבנו רמי שני. צריך כבד בדקות אלו לכיוון צפון ומזרח מרצועת עזה. רקטות שיגרו לכיוון קריית גת וגם למועצות האזוריות חופש אשקלון ושער הנגב. מערכת כיפת ברזל ירצה לפחות שתי רקטות אחת מהן באזור קריית גת. ככל הידוע אי נפגעים ולא נגרם נזק. היום עד היום משעות הבוקר נורו לפחות חמישים רקטות. חבר הקבינט, השר נפתלי בנט אומר, נמשיך במבצע צוק איתן עד שהירי ייפסק. כתובתנו תמר פלד שמעה אותו בשדרות. ביממה האחרונה צה"ל מעלה הילוך. בהנחיית הקבינט הביטחוני-מדיני, כוחות חיל האוויר מנחיתים מכה מוחצת על חמאס, על המחבלים, על המפקדים, על המפקדות, על המנהרות. כדי שיפסיק להשתלם להיות בחמאס. אנחנו הגדרנו יעד מאוד ברור, אפס טילים על מדינת ישראל. דובר צה"ל, תת-אלוף מוטי אלמוז, אמר בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים עם יעל דן, אנחנו כבר עובדים על הפעולה הקרקעית. אנחנו מכינים את השלבים הבאים, המערכה הזאת היא מערכה ארוכה. חיילי המילואים מתגייסים, המשימה העיקרית שלהם זה להחליף כוחות סדירים בגזרות הבט"ש השונות. וברגע שהם יהיו מוכנים, חיילים מסדירים ירדו דרומה ויצטרפו לחבריהם לקראת הכנת השלבים הבאים של המבצע. צה"ל פרסם לפני זמן קצר הקלטות מרשת הקשר בין התצפיתנית ללוחמים בזמן סיכול הפיגוע אתמול סמוך לאזיקים שבו חוסלו חמישה מחבלים שחדרו לישראל. אנחנו יודעים הפרקליטות הגישה כתב אישום נגד רוצח שלי דדון, כתבתנו אורנית פורן. מכתב האישום עולה כי נהג המונית יוסף חליפה אסף את שלי מתחנת האוטובוס במגדל העמק, ויכוח שתוכנו אינו ידוע פרץ ביניהם, תוך כדי נסיעה הוביל את שלי למגרש חניה נטוש, נטל סכין ודקר את שלי 17 דקירות עמוקות ללא רחם. שלי נאבקה בנאשם ללא הצלחה, הוא השאיר אותה מתבוססת בדמה ונסעה מהמקום. 
הנאשם נסע לביתו, ניקה את המונית במטרה להעלים את דמה של שלי. הפרקליטות ביקשה להאריך את מעצרו של הנאשם עד תום ההליכים נגדו. מליאת הכנסת אישרה בקריאה טרומית חוק שיקל על החזרת מחבלים לכלא. כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. על פי הצעת החוק, מחבלים שישוחררו בעסקאות מדיניות ישוחררו באמצעות צו מנהלי ולא באמצעות חנינה נשיאותית, כך שהממשלה תוכל להשיב אותם למאסר ללא הליך משפטי ארוך. יוזם ההצעה זאב אלקין אמר בעקבות ההצבעה במליאת הכנסת, החוק משגר מסר עוצמתי לחמאס, אנו מחזירים את ההרתעה הישראלית. בעקבות המבצע, עיריית ירושלים מבטלת שורה של אירועים. כתבנו יותם ברגר. בהוראת פיקוד העורף, אירוע הפתיחה של פסטיבל הקולנוע בירושלים, שאמור היה להתקיים מחר בבריכת הסולטן, נדחה בשבוע ליום חמישי הבא. אירוע נקודת מגע במוזיאון ישראל נדחה למועד שטרם נקבע. פסטיבל וודסטוק בירושלים נדחה ל-21 באוגוסט. הופעת הפרויקט של רביבו, שאמורה הייתה להתקיים ביום שישי, נדחתה למועד לא ידוע. והתחזית היום בלי שינוי של ממש בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. J.M. and the A.M. at five minutes after the hour, Rabbi Noam Weinberg has been a guest of ours before. Many of you know him from North Shore Hebrew Academy. No, we know him because he is the head, the director of the Nala program from Camp Misora. Nala has uh, close to 40 boys right now in Israel experiencing everything that's going on and, of course, enjoying an amazing time, I am sure. Rabbi Noam Weinberg, welcome back to J.M. and the A.M. Thank you. Good to be with you. I appreciate that. I know the program is only a couple of days old, but it's gotten off to some start, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it's, uh, it's been quite an explosion here. Um, ex- explain what's happening. I, I know that uh, you know, kids have an, a, have an amazing ability to adjust to all types of situations. Would you say that essentially the 10th graders that you're with have adjusted well and are handling things as, uh, as, as well as you think they would? Yeah, they, we, we started, um, we started off things yesterday when we got off the plane and we went to our base in Leva Torah in, uh, in Ramat Shemesh. I told them, I said, look, the realities in Israel in July 2014 are different than what you're probably used to in Israel. And so we're going to be taking precautions and we went through measures if there is a siren, what to do. Um, and they were pretty serious about it. Last night at about 9.45, Some of the boys were playing basketball. I was walking up to town with a bunch of boys. Your son was one of those boys. And all of a sudden, I was talking to one of the guys, and he's like, you think there's going to be an air raid siren here? I'm like, nah, I don't know. All of a sudden, boom, air raid siren. So we ran quickly. The protocol was to go under steps, which if you're outside, if you're not near a, if right. you're not near America, if you're not near like a, a, a cheder, a tomb, then you, then you quickly go... Um, you could go under steps. So we ran under steps, um, and we stayed there until the siren was over. We waited a little bit, and then we walked back. And as we were walking back, we saw in the air the Iron Dome blowing up the Qassam missiles in the far, far, like far, far out. But you could see like little dots of light going up and then exploding in the air. I mean, it must have been like 20 miles away. Talk about experiential education, huh? <laughs> It was, it was pretty crazy. Anyway, so we, we went back to the base and we went straight down, um, to the McLaughlin and everybody was there. The boys were fantastic. They totally did exactly what they needed to do. And right after it was over, 
he went back to playing basketball, working out, chilling out. It was I, they 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 so far exceeded my expectations in terms of how to handle it yeah. um, in a real mature way. And then they went back to being teens, which was awesome. Yeah, give your kids an opportunity to thrive, and they'll do just that. Rabbi Noam Weinberg is directing Kent Masora's NALA program in Israel as we speak. They're basically on day three of the trip. And I look, I, I'm, I'm glad you described for us what happened and that everything went the way uh, the way it should, and thank God it did. Um, but I want to emphasize, as you know, a couple of other aspects. The the first one is that thank God for you, and we know there's red alerts and we're we're watching on the app, etc. The different things that are happening around the country. But but thank God for you. The the day today, Wednesday, was able to start like any other normal day. Yeah, in in Beit Shemesh, it started like any other normal day. Um, we're in Tel Aviv today, early early in the morning in Tel Aviv. There were projectiles that were that were, which was weird, which was really like a fluke for for um, Tel Aviv. They, the Hamas usually don't send out missiles that large during the daytime because they become easy targets for, for the Israeli uh, army to kind of pick them off. Um, there were sirens that sounded. We called up our security guy, and our security guy in turn spoke to the army, and they said that it's not a problem as long as you go to places where there's a uh, miklat nearby. Um, and there's nothing really to worry about, so we uh, so we came. Kids are having an awesome time. It is business as usual, and it's one of the things that I actually mentioned to the kids. I said, you know, Israel is such a resilient country, and the people are so resilient. You know, there's a Seva Dome, people go into hiding, come out, and mothers are walking back on the sidewalks with their children in strollers, and people are walking to work, and people are sitting out at cafes. It's just It's just the way it is. You have to be careful. You have to be responsible and be safe. But you can't be scared into hiding for the rest of your life. No question about it. And I think one of the things I need to point out is that in general, uh, not just on your program, but it seems across the board, uh, parents have a, uh, a, a very strong attitude, and I should say the kids as well. Uh, and I'm, I'm not judging prior generations. Every generation has its challenges, and I think that uh, in the prior generation we handled things a bit differently and maybe uh, scrambled a bit more when things like this began to happen. But thank God at this point, and whatever we can do to encourage uh, parents and youngsters to uh, continue on this path, to this point it seems like everybody who planned to spend the summer in Israel, certainly the vast, vast, vast majority of them, uh, have those plans completely still intact. And Rabbi Weinberg, I, uh, I would love for you to encourage everybody out there, to the best of your ability, to uh, to keep things that way and to be confident that between the security that all the different programs use and uh, with the attitude that you've seen already from the youngsters that you're with, there's no reason to uh, decide otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is so important to come and show your support. I was so happy, and I told the boys also, our plane was filled. There was not one extra seat on the plane coming to Israel with other programs and people coming to visit. It really gave me a tremendous chizik, and I pointed it out to the boys also. Right now, what Israel needs is for them to see that people support, they trust the army, they trust the government. And look, as long as you're careful and you're safe, and you and and you don't do anything crazy, and there's no there's no reason for anybody to to think that they could take matters into their own hands. But to be safe and to do the right thing, Israel will grow from that experience. Of course, having people coming and supporting the country, and individuals will grow from that experience also. There's nothing more bonding than a than a than a country that's coming together. 
100%. Rabbi Noam Weinberg with the Nala Group, uh, Kent Masora's 10th grade program. They're in Israel right now, literally the first few days of the program, and you hear... I, I get the enthusiasm of the kids through your voice, you should know. By the way, on a lighter note, Rabbi Weinberg, 62 degrees in Guilford, New York. I bet you could tell your friends in Camp Missouri that they should be jealous of where you are. I bet you it's a lot nicer over there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot it's hurting your jogging regimen, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I, I have not been able to jog for fear of dehydration. But. <laughs> Life is funny. You never know, huh? Yeah, seriously. But it's great. The boys are having an awesome time. Everybody's doing great. Everybody's feeling good, behaving. It's fantastic. And Israel is the most beautiful place in the world. There you go. That's exactly what we wanted you to say. And uh, we know you mean it. And it's wonderful. Everybody out there, continue to make those plans. Put more trips to Israel on your itinerary, folks. Put more trips on in light of the circumstances. Uh, I don't know. This may sound crazy, but I think, uh, again, you know, we talk about silver linings in difficult episodes. I have a feeling that everybody, especially the young ones that you're with, Rabbi Weinberg, I have a feeling it's just going to increase their love for the land, this type of uh, experience. So. Absolutely. They're, they, they, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that in a, in a weird way, these types of things really bring, bring kids on a much deeper level closer to, to Eretz Yisrael, Medinat Yisrael, Am Yisrael, Torah Yisrael. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Uh, continued success. Regards to everybody and enjoy, I guess, what essentially is day three of the Nala trip in Israel. And our best to everybody at Camp, yeah. our best to everybody at Camp Masora as well. Tweet out a nice message to everybody you left behind in New York State. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. It's great speaking with you. Hopefully we can do this again. Bezrat Hashem. Enjoy Israel. There he is, Rabbi Noam Weinberg. Nala is there. Camp Missouri 10th grade program, and to them and to all the pro, there are a lot of programs, especially this week, that have either left or are leaving for Israel. And it seems to me there is a, with all that's happening and what we're reading about and the red alert apps and everything else, there is a certain, with all the apprehension, a certain enthusiasm, a certain sense of mission that has been added now to all these summer programs. And um, uh, we know the uh, incredible work that the uh, OU and NCSY is doing to make sure that um, whatever adjustments need to be made to to their programs in Israel are made. And uh, everybody, uh, both from their organization and across the board, all the different trips are um, handling the security measures the way it should be handled. Kalakavod to everybody who has uh, really either taken off already or is uh, planning on taking off this week or the beginning of next for amazing summer programs in Israel. And unlike in, uh, like I say, in past years, it seems that the enthusiasm continues. Baruch Hashem. Kolakavod to the parents and to the youngsters for, uh, for all these efforts. And let's hope, and I'm sure it will, let's hope that all these efforts, in fact, infuse a great sense of brotherhood into our Israeli brothers and sisters uh, who see the support that they are getting from outside of Israel during these challenging times. More coming up. It's JM in the AM at 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. Later today, we are visiting Camp Hask. 
We'll be up at Hask this afternoon. We'll actually be recording tomorrow morning's program from camp. Uh, I'm sure they'll be tweeting and Facebooking, so you'll have an opportunity to interact with everybody at Hask through social media. And I'm sure some of those messages will make it onto the airwaves. This is JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with a uh, selection by Shimmy Engel entitled Hakshiva. Before that, the uh, Cole Zimra selection with A.B. Rottenberg, Kinicham, here at JM the AM. Well, we've been reading, especially in the English language news sources, about Operation Protective Edge. Israel is now in Operation Protective Edge. Mayor Weingarten claims that, number one, he can tell us the Hebrew name for Operation Protective Edge, and, if challenged, can explain to us which word means protective and which word means edge. I, I'm laughing only because uh, Mayor shared with me the Hebrew name, and I had no clue which was which. Mayor Weingarten, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Bokatov Nahum. You told me that Operation Protective Edge, which we pray will be a great success, in Hebrew is known as Tsuk Eitan. Is that the right pronunciation? Correct. Tsuk Eitan. What I didn't say was that I could tell you which word is protective <laughs> and which word is edge. <laughs> so now I ask you, because you are the Meir Milim Hebrew language segment expert, thank God, something that we helped create here at JM in the AM. Yes. I ask you, could you tell us the derivative of uh, protective and edge from the words tsuk etan. Well, etan means strong. Hmm. Okay. Um, give me a give me something. Give me give me a variation that I would be familiar with that etan means strong. Hmm. What would etan? How would we uh, reconfigure well, the word? Um, I, I can't think of something off the top of my head, yeah. but if you give me a second, I'll try. And tsuk actually means a, a cliff. A cliff, like the edge, a cliff. Right. So I don't know who came up. I mean, they, they've come up with some good names over the years and some really not such good names. We hope the we hope the operation will be better than the name, huh? Right. And actually, in reverse proportion, I hope. Uh, look, we had Chomat Magen, if you remember, right? Right, right. So Chomat Magen was translated back then to protective shield. Right. So, you know... A choma is uh, is not a shield, right? A choma is a wall or a barrier. Right. But when they translate it, they can't translate it exactly, you know, word for word because it wouldn't make sense. Right. Like Amudanan. How did they, I don't remember? How did they translate Amudanan? Oh, Do you remember? What was Amudanan? But but I'm sure it wasn't translated, you know, word for word because Amudanan has a biblical right pillar of cloud, right? Right, and it's and it's the biblical that God is protecting B'nai right. Israel as they come out of Egypt, right? Amudanan, right? right? Um, and then we had Oferet Yitzukah, cast lead, right? Right. So it doesn't translate well, cast lead. But one second, is Tsugetan a good name without the English translation? No, I don't think it's a good name oh. in Hebrew either. Okay. In fact. One of the uh, radio stations is having a contest. <laughs> to re- saying, you don't like the name, come up with a better one. Re- rename the operation. Yeah, let's come up with a better one. What's interesting about, let's say, Oferet Yitzukah, by the way, is that it took place on Hanukkah. Mm. And there's a famous children's Hanukkah song about the dreidel. Uh, it's a Chaim Nachman Bialik song. It was uh, put to melody, and it's sung in all the schools in Israel. 
סביבון מעופרת יצוקה. There you go. So they figured, okay, that's good. We'll tie it into Hanukkah with the Ferret Yitzhukah, but it doesn't make any sense to anybody in English when you say cast lead, what, you know? Right, doesn't mean anything. All right, so uh, Tzuk Eitan, protective edge. And right, tzuk... so Eitan is strong, and, um, and Tzuk means cliff. Tzad... By the way, you know, people, uh, there's a myth that these names are produced by a computer randomly. Right. And that's not true. Well, who comes up with it? They have. In Dover Tzahal, the, the spokesperson's uh, unit in the IDF, there are people who, uh, I was going to say, get paid a lot of money to come up with it, <laughs> but they don't. There are people who don't get paid a lot of money to come up with the names. And um, there are a lot of missions that we don't know about. In right. those cases, the computer comes up with it because they come up with a random name, and you don't want the name because of secrecy, you don't want the name to actually represent what the mission is about. Right. But in this case, when it's obviously a public thing, it's a different, uh, you know, it's right. a different story. So here's praying that Tsuk Eitan, okay, now, protective edge is a success. Amen. Now, um, here, I will give you a pasuk in which you see the word Eitan. Ah, Tadaraba. Okay, thank God um, for computers and concurrence. Yeah. Oh, that's that's where we're giving credit. So the, the, Google does not get the credit on this and, one. And then this one is not Google, no. But there, there's, there's quite a number, but here's one that we all know. Go right ahead. And it actually has to do with Yitziat Mitzrayim. There you go. So uh, it says that Moshe, after the um, after we crossed through the Yamsuf, right. Moshe put, struck up, put out his hand, and the, the, the yam, the sea, went back to its former strength. Vayet Moshe et yado al hayam. Vayashav hayam lifnot boker le'etano. There you go. Umitzrayim nasim likrato. There you go. It returned to its strength. Correct. There you go. Tadarabah, Mayor Weingarten. Let us all continue to pray. Amen to that. Operation Protective Edge. Tsuk Eitan. All kidding aside, we want it to be the greatest success ever. Wednesday morning, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Our Chachomim note that the duration of the building of the Mishkan, the Torah continually states that it was built as Hashem had commanded Moshe. The Medrash compares this to a king who commanded a palace to be built for him. As the palace was being built, the workers inscribed the name of the king on every wall, every window, and every door. Why did they do this? They wanted to enhance the honor of the king. Hagoin Rav Shach comments that indeed, Moshe did everything that Hashem commanded him to do. But there's no mention that he wrote anything such as Hashem's name anywhere in the Mishkan. Where is the parallel in this analogy that the Medrash offers? Rav Shach expounds on the profound implications expressed in this Medrash. He explains that if a person performs any mitzvah with the proper kavana, the appropriate devotion and meaningful purpose, then the mitzvah endures and there isn't any need to continually restate our intent to perform the mitzvah. However, with respect to Amuna, man's obligation is much different. One cannot simply initiate the thought of complete faith in Hashem. A person has to constantly assess 
and strengthen his emuna, his faith in Hashem. The Mishkan was the dwelling place for the Shechina, the Divine Presence. It was a place where the Kvayd Hashem, the honor of Hashem would be present. In order to enhance the people's cognizance of this honor of Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu had to imbue every action that involved the construction of the Mishkan with the reminder of the Shem Hashem, the name of Hashem. Similarly, in life, one's belief in Hashem and this recognition of the divine providence in the world requires continuous toil and perseverance in the quest for truth. Events can often challenge a person's amuna. It is therefore metaphorically necessary for us to write on every wall, on every door, in every window of our homes that the honor of Hashem hovers over us and that we are ready to do as Hashem has commanded us. The great Rebbe Leo Dessler once said, There is a specific mitzvah in the Torah to be involved in matters of building our faith. It is the first mitzvah of the Aseras Adibros, the Ten Commandments, Anoichi Hashem Lokecho. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
in the AM. Eitan Katz. The Elul Nigun here at JM in the AM. Before that, the Shira Hadasha Boys Choir with Yibane from their Ami Royal CD. JM in the AM, good morning. Quarter before 8 o'clock. We'll be uh, at Camp Hask later today, uh, actually pre-recording tomorrow morning's show. Uh, so you'll hear that tomorrow morning. Malcolm Holmline, of course, with plenty to talk about regarding Israel and everything else. Friday morning, 7.40 for the weekly update as we continue to pray for the success of Operation Tsuk Eitan, Protective Edge. By the way, i got to thank everybody who's commenting on the app, and I don't mean comments that they enjoy the app. I'm talking about actual comments. Every time a show airs, like the 9 at 9 was on last night, so I'm looking at the comments that people had. During the 9 at 9, in fact, it was interesting. One of the commenters said, Twitter is so busy with Israel, but I'm still tuned in. Meaning that everybody's focused last night. And I picked this up when I was on social media last evening. Everybody was uh, looking toward Israel. Um, anyway, uh, during our program today, someone commented on our brand new NSN app. And the number one, they said... Uh, it would be great if you could translate the news into English at 7 a.m. You know, we're, we're actually, I have a proposal sitting here uh, about an English newscast, which I just have to take a closer look at. We may actually try to implement something at some point in the near future in terms of English news from Israel here. Matis has it, of course, Sunday uh, in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Um, we're going to try to do it during the week as well. We'll try to figure that out. Anyway, I want to thank everybody. When you go to the app, the NSN app, You'll see on the home screen, it says, add a comment. The Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations says, on behalf of the conference, we express our support for Operation Protective Edge, launched by the IDF, and urge the government to take whatever steps necessary to defend its citizens. Millions of Israelis are spending a sleepless night as sirens go off across the country in response to the constant barrage of missiles fired from Hamas-controlled Gaza, targeting the civilian population. The uh, statement continues, we know that we speak for all members of the conference and for the friends of Israel from every sector of the American populace and expressing our solidarity and unity with the people of Israel. We pray for the safety and security of every individual, of every soldier and civilian put in harm's way, and for the government which carries such tremendous responsibilities. We are one with you. That is the that is part of the statement from the Conference of Presidents regarding Operation Protective Edge. How should a public official... And we've been critical recently of certain public officials. And frankly, I don't expect much from most public officials, especially in New York, uh, in terms of this episode either. But how should a public official react to the current situation in Israel? What should they say to President Barack Obama? I'll tell you and read to you from that next right here at JM in the AM.
with Baruch HaGever. I spoke to Lenny yesterday, the king of schlock himself, Lenny Solomon. And uh, he's on a crazy tour this week. He's going to a bunch of places this week uh, in the U.S., camps, etc. And I believe that after this week, the next time he's here is Hanukkah. So if you want to get uh, schlock rock in your town... You may have to start planning for the end of 2014. All right, I mentioned that, um, unfortunately, uh, not all public officials, especially those who are usually um, 
active when it comes to uh, statements about Israel, uh, I, the likelihood is that they're not going to uh, react very strongly um, in terms of what's happening in Israel right now, uh, Operation Protective Edge. But I came across a letter that was written by a public official to Barack Obama, the President of the United States. And I said, you know what, i got to read this on the air so people will understand an example of the way a public official should take a stand. And I guarantee you it's not a popular stand. And the, the message that has to be communicated to the White House, this public official communicated the message to the White House. I referred to a letter from the 8th of July yesterday to the President of the United States from Assemblymember Michael Samanowitz of the 27th Assembly District in New York State. And he writes, Dear Mr. President, I read with great interest your article in today's Haaretz discussing peace as the, quote, only path to true security for Israel. You speak of reasonableness and restraint. My question to you is, what is reasonable in the face of 100 rocket attacks per hour? What is reasonable in the face of a ruling party whose platform includes the destruction of Israel? First, let us agree that Israel has the right to defend herself. Second, let us agree that the Gaza Strip is governed by Hamas, a terrorist organization that has killed hundreds of innocent men, women, and children. In fact, its charter continues to call for the destruction of Israel and the murder of Jews. Hamas continues to perpetrate their terrorist attacks while hiding behind the innocent residents of Gaza. The Qassam and more powerful rockets that continually rain down on Israeli villages are routinely fired from makeshift launching pads set up on hospitals, schools, or other civilian locations. When Israel warns of impending attacks, on strategic targets within Gaza, civilians are quickly dispatched to serve as human shields. Israel not only has the right to defend herself, but is duty-bound to protect her citizens by using whatever means necessary to eradicate her enemies. I am heartened by your proclamation that peace is possible. However, in order for peace to be possible, there must be two willing parties. Hamas's rise to power in Gaza indicates to me an unwillingness to accept Israel's right to exist. As I write this letter, I look out my window and wonder what would I expect my country to do if rockets were raining down on Queens, what would you as a parent expect your country to do if, God forbid, one of your children were kidnapped and murdered? Innocents, wherever they are, should have the right to peace and security. No civilian population should be targeted. While Hamas routinely targets civilians, Israel goes out of her way to avoid civilian targets. To imply that Israel is anything other than, re- than reasonable and restrained is preposterous. For generations, Palestinians have been persecuted and even massacred in every Arab country in which they've lived. They have never enjoyed the peace or prosperity they have in Israel. Now is the time for the U.S. to pressure Israel to show restraint by endanger- Now is not the time for the U.S. to pressure Israel to show restraint by endangering her own citizens. America may be Israel's first, oldest, and strongest friend, but there's no doubt that Israel is America's only true friend in the region. We must stand for is- with Israel in fighting the terror that caused the current fighting. We must stand with Israel eliminating Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, and any other radical groups hell-bent on the destruction of Israel and the U.S. Only then will there be true peace. Very respectfully yours, Michael Samanowitz, member of the Assembly, New York State. I promised you an example of a uh, of, of words of substance that a public official has written to the White House, and that, in my opinion is a great letter, and I hope, I hope that other public officials, uh, those on the um, on the tier, if you will, of Michael Samanowitz as assembly member, uh, those on lower tiers, those on higher tiers in terms of uh, political uh, influence in this country, 
I hope that all of them will follow his lead and um, go ahead and communicate this type of message to the President of the United States. Three minutes before 8 o'clock, this is JM in the AM. A reminder, later today we are at Camp Hask. We will actually record Thursday morning's program from camp. And I do remind you that Friday morning, Malcolm Honline and I will be discussing this and all the other topics that relate to Israel during our weekly update, 7.40 in the morning this Friday, right here at JM in the AM. Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. That's Yehuda Green, of course. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. We're later today at Camp Hask where we're going to be pre-recording tomorrow's J.M. in the A.M. So... Um, if you have a special message for somebody up at Hask, you could send us an email to any of our active email addresses and just put in the subject line, Camp Hask, and we'll use it. You'll hear that show tomorrow morning between 6 and 9. Friday, of course, we'll analyze the events of this week with Malcolm Honline, who will join us. By the way, an amazing day today on the stream, as Wednesday always is, uh, on our network. Make sure at 9 o'clock you're tuned in when the replay of last night's 9 at 9 will be presented. Replay of 9 at 9. Album of the week is The Messengers, Let My People Go. Album of the week at 10 o'clock this morning goes back to The Messengers with Let My People Go. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Zomik. And, um, and uh, coming up at 11 o'clock, it's the uh, Wednesday Z-Report Live Lunch. It's being done by Yossi Zweig, the uh, Wednesday Z-Report live lunch coming up starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the network. Make sure to be tuned in at jmandtheam.org. Call a kavo to everybody who's, uh, and it seems that somewhere between 99% and 100% of people who traveled or planned on traveling to Israel this week are, in fact, on their way, are going. Call a kavo to everybody. Keep the unity, the brotherhood, the uh, corridor between the uh, Israel and the United States as active as possible, especially during this time. I want to give a, a special good morning to everybody at the uh, OU and NCSY summer programs who continue to uh, adjust things as necessary for all their programs based on the, all the information that they have. They're handling things like, thank God, all the programs are out there in a very responsible fashion and making sure to take every precaution and making sure to uh, make whatever changes are necessary when necessary. So call like a vote and a big greeting to all of them from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, Yishai Fleischer was scheduled. I assume that he is having uh, scheduling problems because he's so in demand um, uh, to join us right now. Hopefully he will join us a few minutes from now at JM in the AM. Yishai Fleischer expected. Hopefully he'll be able to keep that commitment and join us coming up. It should be very interesting to hear his perspective on everything. More coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Let's go, 
With us live from Israel, with us live from uh, Jerusalem, the holy city, somebody who uh, who calls me his radio rebbe. If uh, if he's 1% accurate, if he's 1% accurate, then I t- take amazing pride in that. Yishai Fleischer, who is uh, an amazing uh, radio personality in his own right and always seems to uh, give the proper message, no matter what the circumstances, joins us during these times in uh, Israel. Yishai, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, and indeed you are my radio ready. <laughs> I came up with that. That's right. That uh, is my, uh, that's a trademark of mine. Like I say, if it's 1% true, I uh, take it to heart. I can tell you that much. Uh, well, tell us. One thing is for sure is that you're, you're bringing the message of, of Israel out to uh, New York and, uh, and the surrounding areas and to so many Jews who right now probably feel very disconnected. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what a great service, very important right now. Well, I appreciate that. You give us a chance to feel a little bit more connected. Uh, you have a unique way of uh, describing the feeling, describing the mood, the atmosphere. Tell us about life in Jerusalem on this Wednesday. Well, you know, Nachum, uh, I'm, I've been, uh, I was born in Israel. I've been around here for half my life. I was in New York and New Jersey the rest of the time. And I've seen a lot of conflicts, and I can tell you that there's something special about this conflict. There's definitely 
uh, tension in the air that's a little bit different, and it has something to do with how the things, you know, the, the history of this conflict rolled around. And basically it started with this kidnapping, which in our minds lasted about 19 days. I mean Israelis' minds right. lasted about 19 days because although they were killed probably in the first moments uh, uh, of their capture, uh, they were murdered, excuse me, uh, these three young men, we were searching for them for 19 days with a lot of hope. And the more time that went on, the more there was emotional investment in this story, the more we got to see these mothers who represented, in my mind, an Israel that not a lot of people always get a chance to see. We get a chance to see a lot of the Hollywoodization and, and things that aren't so proper or often on the TV screens. Suddenly you saw these incredible three mothers, the courage, which, which was just so the strength that they emanated with Tzni'ut, with, with, their, with their modesty and at the same time their beauty. And the more time went on, the country became more and more interested in this story. Then the, the climax of that was finding that the bodies had been found and, and were murdered, and as I said, in the first few minutes and the uh, first few hours. Um, then after that, immediately after the nation saw this massive funeral with heads of state and beautiful words, suddenly there was this, there was this other side of the story, which is that suddenly it seemed that some Jews had killed a young Arab boy, and there was a lot of declarations of sorrow and, and of uh, self-searching, doubt, self-doubt about if we're actually you know, more moral or not. And there's, there's, there was another kind of emotional surge that had something to do with that. Then there was this rocketeering uh, um, chapter of this of this conflict, and the rockets that are flying are also not usual because instead of being just mortars and and regular uh, kind of range rockets, we're suddenly seeing rockets being shot towards Tel Aviv and now towards Haifa, and last night towards Yerushalayim. So I myself heard the air raid siren. And I'm not even done there yet, Nachman, because there's one more thing, which is we saw the riots in the streets of places like Umar Fachem, which is in the north of Israel, and in the south of Israel, the Bedouins. And in Jerusalem, we saw Arabs uh, destroying beautiful rail, uh, light rail stations in their neighborhoods. We saw riots with massive rock throwing. We saw the police uh, not getting the orders to fully suppress those riots. So we saw real, real destruction and real uh, conflict in the city that tries so hard to stay united. There were elements that were trying to disrupt the unity of the city, and all, put that combine all of that together into this challenge of a conflict that is a little bit unusual. It's not just Hamas shooting a few rockets and us responding. It's something a little bit bigger, and it's got more. I can say it, it's a little bit more in the guts this time because of all those things that yeah, I told you. I understand that. Yishai Fleischer with us, Operation Protective Edge, Tsuk Eitan, is happening as we speak. Um, we read yesterday about the possibility of uh, a large call-up of reservists. They are on reserve, so to speak, uh, waiting word. Um, uh, we we know the the depression. I don't know if that's the right word. The sadness, the panic, the the apprehension, the tension that rises in Israel when that type of announcement is made. For the reasons you just mentioned, is it a little bit different this time? Well, you know, Nachum, it uh, it kind of just depends on which side of the aisle you're at. Uh, I know that in many homes, 
wives are extremely apprehensive, and some husbands have the attitude of, put me in, coach, put me in. Because right. people want to fight uh, bad guys and want to create safety in our country. And you used a lot of words like apprehension and fear. There's definitely a good dose of that. But I think also that there's a, a dose of uh, um, heroism, courage, fierceness. Pride. That comes, comes about when such a situation happens. Um, and the country... Uh, as I told you, as we started talking about, the, 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 the three abductees had an element of causing a unity in, in the nation, and there's definitely this kind of sense that we are kind of like the name of the operation, we're at Tsuk Eitan, they call it, what, what's the English translation, Nachum? Protective Edge. All right, so I don't know why they, why they change it from Hebrew to English, because in Hebrew, it means a, a rock cliff that is like steady, a kind of, you know, Gibraltar rock. Right. And I think that that's an accurate description of how Israelis uh, should and, and could and, and oftentimes do feel, which is this kind of, uh, we will not be bullied around here in the Middle East. And I think a very accurate uh, thing to, to kind of comprehend is that there's a, basically, we are ensnared in a jihadist type of a war right now. If it's from Gaza or if it's from riots, you know, and other players are also chiming up right now. We have this, this ISIS creeping and crawling through the Middle East. So there's definitely the sense that there's a jihad around us that wants to kind of tighten the noose. But on the other hand, that's what I was saying, that, that, that you know, in such a situation, oftentimes in Israel, there's this completely otherworldly courage and fierceness that, that wells up within us. Of course, it has everything to do with our uh, reliance on, on the Kodesh Baruch Hu, but it also has everything to do with the fact that for the last uh, 2,000 years, we were homeless and stateless and did not have an IDF. And now, you know, we, we have a state and we have a leadership and we have an army that seeks to um, ensure the, the safety and the, and, the, and the good, decent life of all Israeli citizens, Jews and non-Jews. And right now we're under attack, and we're going to do everything in our power to repel that attack and to suppress that attack. You so, yeah, there's an element of... of, of, of uh, trepidation, and then there's an element of uh, uh, of a will of the average Israeli to say enough is enough, we have to put an end to this. Uh, Yishai Fleischer with us from Israel. Um, we're trying in as responsible a way as possible, and this has happened before, and we've been able to take the role of reminding everybody how important it is to keep the corridor between the United States and Israel open, and if people have planned trips this summer, they should go on those trips, and if uh, if kids are on summer programs, thank God we're dealing in an era where the summer programs are uh, very, very in tune with the, you know, the, with the safety issues and are and are very well organized in that way. And I bring this up with you because uh, you you've been here, <laughs> you you remember uh, life here in the United States and the apprehension, especially a generation ago. Uh, when rockets were falling in Israel, of some people to travel, other people who wanted to leave Israel, etc. I could tell you that till this point, based on our research, all the programs are still going. 99% of the participants are heading. Very few people that I know of are changing their summer plans. Um, it, it, things are just are different. For whatever reason, we could analyze it from today till tomorrow. But again, you are very familiar with the mentality around here. What positive message can you give 
our community on this side as we continue to pray and we continue to say to him and we continue to keep this corridor open. What words of encouragement can you give us about our role in this entire operation? Well, the most important thing I could say about that is that if you canceled your trip, you would be fulfilling the exact wish of the terrorists. That's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to be afraid of having a part, a chalik in your, in your land. Uh, they want you to be afraid of coming to the Holy Land. They want you to be, uh, to have images, negative images of Israel in your head. They want that college kid to not think to himself, you know, Israel is also my country. They want him to think, what do I need this for? It's just a mess. So they uh, want to create that very atmosphere, and the name of that atmosphere is terror. It's to, it's to cause fear. It's to cause a sense that uh, we cannot uh, 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 be part of it, that we should not, that we don't need it, that we don't need to own it. And, and so, therefore, that's exactly their victory. And, and quite the opposite, when we do come to Israel fearlessly, or at least overcoming our fears. Let's not forget what what our sages taught us. Miha Gibor Hakovesh Etitro, who is a hero, the one who can overcome his his desires, his fears, his his inner kind of um, voice. Yetzer, whatever. What, what do you call this? His inner voice. He's able to conquer the yeah. negative voice that's in him. Right. So right now, the the terrorists. What do they want to do? They want to create terror, and I define terror as the broadcasting of fear. They want to broadcast fear to you. So if you become afraid, that's because that's exactly what they're trying to do. So we cannot let them do that. We simply cannot let them do that. We can't let them defeat us. And of course, when you come here at this kind of time, first thing you teach your children, you teach your family what courage is, which is such an important value in these days. You teach them real courage, and life needs courage. So you show them that you, you're willing to stand in Israel in the tough times, and when you, when you come here, Dafka especially this kind of time, you really show courage to your children and to yourself and certainly to fellow Israelis, I mean fellow Jews living in Israel, that you show them that, like, you know, we will not be uh, torn apart in the sense that the 5,000 miles between Israel and America will not keep us, as, uh, will not separate us to two peoples. We will remain united as one people. At Dafka at this time, our enemies should see that the more that they attack us, the stronger we get. The more united we get, the more empowered we get, and and that's our, uh, you know, that that courage and that fierceness and that devotion to the love of fellow Jews and the love of the land of Israel and, and the love of Hashem who dwells in Zion. Those are the things that that are are our eternal strength. And and the Hebrew word for victory is the same word as eternity. It's netzach. Right. And right now, at this very moment, that's exactly the time when we when we need to show courage. And I'm telling that to all my friends. People call me, regular friends call me, and they say, listen, I'm afraid, this and that, and, you know, my kids are in a shelter, and I say to them, I understand that I'm with you, but right now is exactly the moment when you need to broadcast courage. If it's broadcasted to your kids, broadcasted to your neighbors, broadcasted over the radio. However you can send out the consciousness of courage, this is the time to do it exactly. And uh, that's, that's, that's how Jewish people fight in a time of war with, with that kind of courage and audacity. And so it's audacious to, to fly to Israel right now, and, it's, and that there's a beauty in that, and people should strive for that. And, of course, you're going to have a great time, and maybe prices will be a little bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the enthusiasm to get there continues, it may not lower the prices, but no complaints, I guess. Um, finally, Ishai, you uh, observe, obviously, the political scene very closely, and... Uh, 
uh, always interested in the way you see things uh, as they're happening. Can the Prime Minister of Israel, who has exhibited uh, a lot of what you described in this conversation, a lot of the the pride, the uh, uh, the feeling of um, you know that there's no choice but to go ahead with an operation like this, can he withstand the pressure? You know, it's interesting. Someone said to me yesterday, as they're watching cable news, they said, you know, it's funny. They don't even need to put on anybody from the opposition anymore. The anchors do such a good job trying to destroy the representatives of Israel. They don't even need the debate and the formality of a debate with somebody from the other side. With all that media pressure, international pressure, and I'm sure more pressure will be coming from the White House, can BB uh, get the time necessary to make this a complete operation? Um you know, you, you pose it uh, very correctly that, that our prime minister faces a lot of different pressures. But um, thank God, political leaders are also beholden to the people to one extent or another. And uh, right now the people are suffering, and they want to see an end to this kind of uh, persecution that is happening really from, from Gaza and from rioters. And I think that what 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 some people would call hawks are really just asking for a very simple concept to be met and that is law and order uh, we want law and order in the streets uh, we want to not be attacked by rockets by terrorists and that is you could talk about international pressure and all that but the bottom line is that the first uh, responsibility of a state especially the jewish state is to ensure the welfare of its citizens so uh, our prime minister is basically, in one sense, has his hands tied by the terrorists because they are just acting with such impunity that he is forced to respond. Um, on the other hand, our prime minister is also a man who is the second longest-serving prime minister in Israel's history, not consecutively, but overall, and he has never gone to war. Uh, the, the thing about our prime minister, who I have tremendous admiration for, is that at the same time, he's not a man who likes to go to war. He likes to find ways around that because his nature is to be really a builder. He likes to build infrastructure. He likes to build economy. And everybody kind of knows that uh, other than the terrorists, the country flourishes under his uh, leadership, and it flourishes in all the other ways, which is what, what makes Israel also a startup nation yeah. and, and the other successes that it has. And that's really a very big BB uh, Netanyahu uh, success. So that's what he's good at. I, 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 I pray for him to have strength at this moment, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if the operation wouldn't be too massive and it would kind of fizzle out because that's been the track record. Um, but on the other hand, the impunity that we are seeing right now, uh, the azut metzach, as we say here in Israel, the kind of uh, chutzpah uh, of the haters of Israel, has reached new heights, and it's kind of forcing his hands. That this is where the uh, praying comes into place. Uh, we do a lot of praying for the safety of Israel, and for the safety. And I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. We we pray for the safety of uh, fellow Jews and, and the people of Israel, and everybody else living here. But I also want to pray for the, uh, as I was saying before, the kind of audacious courage that is what being Israeli is all about. Also, because being an Israeli is also having that um, that chutzpah. Okay. To say we will, you know, never again will we allow other nations to dictate uh, our safety or lack thereof. We will take matters into our own hands, of course, with the Rebbeinu Shalom's help. But at the same time, He has given us the vessels. 
through which to make that fight. And I, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the return of Jewish strength and Jewish sovereignty. And I think that at the end, what people are coming to understand is that halfway measures lead nowhere. And I think also that the average, pragmatic, not even religious Israeli has also come around to the realization that uh, two-state solutions and negotiations, all, all these things are fruitless, and that Israel has got to be brazen in defending itself and uh, has to come to a conclusion that we should have a, as, as Mayor Giuliani used to call it, a zero-tolerance uh, policy of the injury of Jewish people. That's what the Jewish state is all about. And we can't just play diplomatic games all day long and make sure that everybody likes us. Uh, it's important to get people to like us, and they will like us when we have our own self-respect as well. And, and having a city, a town like Sterot, just, uh, you know, have completely an abnormal life. And now all the way up to Haifa and, and Yerushalayim, that's intolerable. And uh, even our prime minister, who loves to build and not to make war, uh, is going to have to push back uh, against the haters of the, of the Jewish people in Israel. Yishai, we always appreciate your time. Best regards to everybody in Jerusalem and throughout the entire Holy Land. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Dachem. And again, I, I, as I always say, it's uh, that bridge that you were talking about, that channel between Israel and America, is the channel that unites one half of the Jewish people with the other half. And right now, that achdus gives us strength, and we have to keep it open. So I give you a great yeshua Thank you. Much appreciated. Yishai Fleischer from Israel here at JM and the AM. Operation Protective Edge, Tsuk Eitan, continues in the... Uh uh, it continues at the hands of the Israel Defense Forces, Israel Air Force, and we pray for the safety and security of all in Israel. Quarter before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM.
Brand new Michal Przanski here at JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Don't forget, we're going to be up at Camp Hask later today. We're actually going to be recording tomorrow morning's show from Hask. Uh, so make sure to be tuned in tomorrow morning for all the action from Parksville, New York. And then Friday, of course, Malcolm Honline will be with us, and we will pick up on everything happening uh, in Israel uh, and review the events of the week right here at JM in the AM. Uh, top nine at nine, the replay of last night's top nine at nine coming up at 9 a.m. this morning, uh, on the network, jmnam.org. The Messengers Let My People Go album is the album of the week at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And Yassi Zweig has the, uh, Wednesday Z Report live lunch. And that is coming up, uh, this morning uh, at 11 a.m. on our incredible network. At the jam in the am dot org. Oh, speaking of Yessie's Zweig, I want to take this uh, opportunity to wish a very happy birthday to uh, Mati Zweig. That comes from uh, Yassi and uh, Fromi, Rifki, and Frady. Happy birthday, Mati, from all of us here at JM in the AM. Nine minutes before nine o'clock, JM the AM Wednesday, as we continue with Ellie Schwabel. I've shed my tears through the darkest years. The journey is still on my mind. This was my fate. My bones in the prison of time.
Ellie Schwar- There we go. Ellie Schwabel from the uh, CD Hearts Mind with Ani Yosef here at JM in the AM. Well, we're heading up to Camp Hask. We'll be there for the pre-recording of tomorrow morning's JM in the AM. Looking forward to seeing everybody up there. I guess it's not a surprise anymore. <laughs> we're actually uh, we're actually heading up and look forward to seeing everybody up there. Wrapping things up on this um, on this uh, Wednesday morning broadcast with. Uh, Let's see, where are we? With Shimmy Engel at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. Oh, yes. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. want to thank those people that actually listen to all three radio stations throughout their morning. People commuting from the Catskills to the New York area, people doing the opposite. A lot of folks contacting me and saying they are tuned into every one of our three radio stations at different points during their journey. Have a fabulous Wednesday. See everybody up at Camp Pass. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Until tomorrow, I'll come to reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.